Introducing the Two-Way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the Two-Way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the Two-Way for yourself at newbalance.com. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Wolverine 24-7 podcast, your audio source for all things Michigan football, basketball, and recruiting. I'm your host, Zach Shaw. Steve Lorenz here with me. This is our first game preview episode of the 2022 football season. If you are new or haven't been around a ton this month, we've done a ton of season preview episodes. We just did our prediction special just over an hour long, and then we also did much shorter versions. If you if you prefer of each position group taking a look at you know what we think that group will look like this season the good the uncertain and then as well as the predictions for each group so it's it's been a lot of fun it's been a fun month putting together all the preview content both in our podcast and over on our website at the michiganinsider.com michigan.247sports.com hopefully you you feel informed uh and if you don't like let me know and i'll send you some stories and and we'll get you up to speed but this this episode will look at what would constitute as a success for Michigan in its season opening win against Colorado State. So Steve, we've done this in the past where some of these games with no intended offense to like a Colorado State or, or Hawaii or UConn, Michigan's probably going to win no matter what, you know, I guess you never know, but, but, you know, generally speaking, I mean, Jim Harbaugh has not, lost to teams like this and 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 generally top 10 teams don't either so instead of looking at what it's going to take for Michigan to win or what the keys to victory are instead we're looking at what's going to constitute as a success what things are you looking for out of the Wolverines on Saturday to where you're walking into to you know or we're heading into our podcast after the game and saying this was a mission accomplished kind of day so I guess the first thing is looking at looking at Michigan's offense. I, I suspect, based on Colorado State's inexperience and how subpar they were defensively last season, that Michigan could get to 500 yards. They could probably score, you know, 40 plus points without without too much difficulty. So right off the bat, what what are you looking at from the offense? Whether it's a player, you know, a, a position group, or just a, a part of the game that you want to see that would make you that will be something you're watching in terms of it did Michigan accomplish what it wanted to accomplish this weekend. Biggest thing for me, seeing a healthy Ronnie Bell out there. I want to see how he looks compared to how he looked last year before he got hurt. You know, cause I think we've said a few times in a couple of the different preview episodes, uh, he was probably on his way to being Michigan's top receiver last year before he got hurt. Now Michigan's got they're really, really deep at the position, but but Bell is still a guy that could come right back in and be as good as he was last year, if not better. I mean, Jim Harbaugh has been pretty optimistic about what they're expecting from him. So, so see, just seeing Ronnie Bell back on the field playing and healthy, I think is going to be something I'll be keeping an eye on. Obviously, Trente Jones at right tackle, you know, really the – I think we can – we're kind of banking on Olu Oluwatimi coming in and, and being a – a force in the middle at center, but, but, you know, there's still that Tronte Jones, Carson Barnhart battle to an extent uh, at that, at that right tackle spot. So interested to see how Jones looks. 
And besides that, I think, and this is going to be probably kind of the theme is, is, you know, who's that third running back? Does CJ Stokes get carries earlier on in the game as a true freshman, you know, as like a, a legitimate third back, we know Michigan did like to use three when they could last year. So, you know, where, what direction does that go? Uh, and then, yeah, I mean, of course, we want to see how the quarterback, how, how K McNamara plays. Um, how long does he play in a blowout, knowing that McCarthy is getting the start against Hawaii? Do they go right to McCarthy, or do they throw Davis Warren in there and get him some experience? You know, I think it's going to be another thing to consider, given that we already know McCarthy is starting next weekend. So, you know, those are just a few of the things, I guess, uh, you know, obviously expecting, you know, the offensive side of the ball feels like there'll be a lot less question marks. So it's really more yeah, about, sure. yeah. right. Really more about just kind of seeing some of the new faces. Yeah. I think, I think those are all good ones, especially the, the Ronnie bell, because yeah, you have to figure he can be really, really important to Michigan's offense this season. I don't think the offense sputters to a halt without him, but I do think, you know, him, having a career year, which is what, you know, Jim Harbaugh seems to be laying out that kind of expectation uh, that could really change the the complexion of Michigan's passing offense and, and just increase how much they're going to pass for me there. I want to see the, the touted sophomores on the offensive side. You know, I, I, we have talked for months about Andrew Anthony being a potential breakout player, potentially being Michigan's number one receiver. It seems like a foregone conclusion that Donovan Edwards is going to be a star. He, he sure looked like a, a star in the making last fall, but quietly, you know, those two guys, Andrew Anthony only had 12 catches all season. Solid for a freshman, but not, not quite in foregone conclusion that he'll be a starter or a top, you know, two or three receiver. And then Donovan Edwards saw him a lot in the, in the receiving game and saw him a little bit in some of the, the early games last fall as a, as a rusher, but only had 57 rushing yards against uh, power five opponents. If I'm, if I'm counting correctly. And so if, it, if it's not 57, it's not, it's not a ton more. So I kind of want to see him a little bit more in the quote unquote bell cow rushing situation. You know, he, he has the big plays. He has the explosive plays. He's a great pass catcher. I kind of want to see him, over a couple consecutive series as it, it, you know, whether he's number two behind Blake Horm or kind of a one, a one B situation. And, and so, yeah, him and Andrew Anthony, and then obviously JJ McCarthy when, when he plays, just because even if they do go, you know, with Davis Warren and obviously Cade McNamara is getting the start, you know, Jim Harbaugh said they're both going to play in both games. And so, you know, what, what does he look like? Because it will be his first time, throwing since the injury so I think all three of those guys you know they're kind of viewed not not incorrectly but they're kind of viewed as the future of Michigan's offense and I know they went viral for being the 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 three players that were out on the field at the Orange Bowl after Michigan's loss kind of watching Georgia celebrate and I guess letting that materialize so to speak and so this is kind of the year where that that next step I think is is going to be taken Certainly, if Michigan wants to contend for a Big Ten title, I think it has to be taken. But I'm curious to see kind of what they look like because a big leap can be made freshman to sophomore year. And then I'm, a, I'm with you on the Trent A. Jones 
it's kind of an unfair position for him where we're going to be, you know, putting the microscope on, on him and in, you know, that, that, that kind of setting as opposed to the rest of the offensive line. But, but that just speaks to how experienced the rest of the offensive line is that we're not really concerned about everyone else. It's, it, and, and I wouldn't say you and I are concerned about Trent a. Jones, but, but curious to see how he looks. All right. Round the offensive side of our preview. We've got, Got a couple over-unders from our from our good friend Neil, who is via Zool on the message board, Beige Galaga on Twitter. By the way, I beat you 61 to 60 last season out of a 106. So we were very close. Uh, we were above average, so that's nice, you know, above the 50% mark. So there's there's a couple a couple fun ones in here. Number one, Cade McNamara throws for 169.5 yards. Do you do you take the over? I mean, if you if you had to guess, I, to some degree, we don't we don't know how they're going to use the quarterback system. But do they do they give him enough series to really? I feel like they kind of owe him enough series that you know he's over the two hundred yard mark. So I'm kind of taking the over. What say you? Yeah, I'm going to take the over as well. I mean, I yeah, I agree with you that if this is the showcase for the starting job, um, he's probably going to play longer than he would in a normal game if Michigan jumps out ahead early on. All right, next one. Michigan's leading receiver has 4.5 receptions. So is there someone that that really gets, you know, five plus catches kind of takes over the game or or is this the kind of game where if, if you if you were Jim Harbaugh, are you thinking about, you know, seeing what that those freshmen have, seeing what Peyton O'Leary, you know, starting to hear a little bit more about him in fall camp. Uh receiver who's also on the Michigan lacrosse team. You know, a or, you know, thinking about the tight ends, there's, there's, they, they say they're going to go eight deep in tight ends. Feels like this could be a game where that happens. Does Michigan's leading pass catcher have five or more receptions? I will say, I'll stay over still. Not sure who, not going to put a name on it, uh, but I'll still say over. Again, we're talking about a game that could get out of hand, could be a third, second or third team guy that just plays a lot, gets, Five grabs. I don't know, uh, but I am going to say over. All right, last one. Ninety-nine point five yards from scrimmage for Donovan Edwards. Do, do they? Is this a game where they they really try to unleash him, give him those reps, or is this a game where, as you kind of pointed out, is it more important for them to get C.J. Stokes comfortable or Tavier Dunlap, uh, you know, or just or just kind of pass the ball a little bit more? So 99.5 yards from scrimmage for Donovan Edwards. Does he get a 100-yard game? I believe it would only be his, what, third third or fourth in his career? So what do you think? I'll say under. There's going to be too many guys that are going to get the football. You know, and, like, I, I agree with you as far as, you know, yeah, Stokes and Dunlap, the types of guys that maybe we're going to see a little bit more of. Again, this is all provided Michigan gets out to a big lead, but I think we're kind of expecting that, so – you know, I'll say under though. I'm going to take the over kind of riding his big play potential. I mean, it's, it's not out of the question that he has like a 50 plus yard play. Um, Colorado state's defense is, is kind of mysterious because they have so many guys who have not started before. Uh, Steve, I know you pointed out the other day, they brought in 55 newcomers to their team this year. And a lot of them are on offense, but but a pretty healthy chunk of them are on defense as well. So um, 
I expect the defense to not be that good just based on what I've been able to gather. Uh, so at the same time, you know, in the same vein that they'll probably play CJ Stokes or Tavier Dunlap or, or some of these other guys, I feel like if Donovan Edwards touches the ball nine times, he has a good chance of going for a hundred yards. So I'm going to take the over on that. All right, we're going to hit a quick break on the other side. We've got a little bit more to say about the defense. I, you know, Steve, you, I think you said it well. There's, there's probably more curiosities and things we want to see from the defense on Saturday than the offense. So we're going to hit a quick break, and we'll be back with that discussion. You're listening to the Wolverine 24-7 podcast. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did-we-just-hit-a-million-orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow, whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits. Shopify helps you sell everywhere, from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other other leading commerce platforms and sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast this episode is brought to you by progressive insurance whether you love true crime or comedy celebrity interviews or news you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue and guess what now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the name your price tool from progressive it works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. All right, welcome back. Thanks for waiting. So, so Steve, I'm going to break this up into a couple parts because I do think there are actually two two elements at play. If Colorado state had two strengths on its team, it's probably the wide receivers and it's probably their offensive line. They have pretty good experience. Uh, I would say for, for a, a mountain West team, pretty good talent at both of those positions, you know, guys who have either transferred in or longtime starters. Uh, it's, it's going to be a pretty experienced group. Now they have by Colorado state's PR staff, their own admission the least experienced quarterback room in college football, just three pass attempts combined for the entire quarterback room. But at the same time, I I think that the big thing I want to see is I want to see who is stepping up at edge in the pass rush. I feel pretty good, you know, thinking about Michigan versus Iowa, let's say the first true benchmark game. I feel pretty good that Mozzie Smith and Chris Jenkins will be at least up to the task in that regard. I think the bigger question is, is that edge position? Is this, you know, who comes in when it's third and 10 and they're trying to get a sack? Is it Taylor Upshaw? Is it Iyabi Anoma? 
Is it Derek Moore? Like, it just feels like there's still so many names that they're trying to whittle down. So, Steve, what would be a, considered a success in your mind from this defensive front on Saturday, whether you know it's, it's from the outside, from the inside? Uh, maybe it's an, a, a number you're looking for. I mean, what, what would you consider a success against this Colorado State offensive line that's, that's pretty big in addition to being experienced and among the better groups in the group of five? Yeah, I mean, we're all, I think everyone's going to be looking at the edge position. I think maybe one thing we're looking for is we, we haven't necessarily heard of, of this year being a, like a one- or two-man show at the position. So I, I think what you might want to look for, what you're hoping for if you're Michigan or a Michigan fan watching the game, is that uh, they're able to consistently put some kind of pressure on the quarterback with a variety of guys in the rotation, you know, so that's, I mean, if one guy does step up and have a big game, maybe, maybe that does happen. Maybe there is a breakout guy somewhere in there. And that's that we find out about that on Saturday, but there's the way it, it's sort of been broken down. And what, what it sounds like is it does sound like it's going to be more of a by committee type deal for Michigan this year. Not that that's necessarily a negative, as we've said, the interior of the, of the defensive line should be a, a, one of the strengths of this team this season. So you know, they should create enough attention to give some guys some opportunities. I just think you're looking maybe more at, you know, hoping it's a, a variety of guys, uh, you know, because there are a lot of names in there. That's kind of one of the things is a lot of people who could emerge out of that pack, you know. And so I think if you're Michigan, maybe you're hoping more than one guy emerges, you know. So kind of what I'm looking for. Yeah, I think the it, it is fascinating because it's almost like the guys who are closer to a starting role are the, are the ones perceived as having the lower ceiling. You know, thinking about Taylor Upshaw, Mike Morris, uh, Jalen Harrell. I, I wouldn't necessarily say they have low, low ceilings, but compared to an Ayabi Anoma, a Derek Moore, Braden McGregor is a guy who, who is probably didn't get as much mention as I expected this fall. And so, you know, but he'll get a shot on Saturday, I assume. So it's going to be going to be interesting to see kind of, is it, is it these younger, high, high ceiling players? Or is it some of the veterans who finally get, you know, as we've pointed out a couple times, a true chance to, you know, make this their position and get into a, a rhythm in games? Probably the most curious or the most interesting one to me will be Jalen Harrell because he was basically the, the platoon guy with Ajabo last season. He would come in on, you know, pretty obvious rushing downs. Seemed to have the coaches trust very early on, but did not get very many chances in the pass rush. So the other part of what I would say is the, the, the challenge of Michigan's defense is, is, you know, Jay Norvell, this, this is an offense that's, that's going to be kind of air raid. They're going to throw not just because of the context of the game, but that's, you know, what, what Nevada has been when Jay Norvell is coaching there, he brought in a bunch of Nevada transfers to Colorado State, I believe 11 in total, most of them on the offensive side of things, including their starting quarterback. So I think this is a team that's going to, that, uh, I don't know if it's going to challenge Michigan's secondary at the level of a Power 5 team, but but I think it will test Michigan's secondary. I mean, we'll find out just kind of what the communication is like, what the, what you know, who's, who's able to stick with receivers in, in, you know, longer routes and things like that. So, I think the big thing for me is is 
I'm curious to see, you know, the Mike Sane still impact because I feel pretty confident in Rod Moore, RJ Moten, Jamon Green, and DJ Turner. I mean, they all started last season. I'm comfortable with the notion that the freshmen, you know, Will Johnson, Zeke Barry, Keon Sav, like when, when the coaches believe they're ready to play, they'll probably be ready to play. Sane still is the interesting one because I, you know, this isn't a knock on him, but I know this is someone that, that coaches have loved Sane still ever since he arrived on campus. I mean, he was the, he was the most hyped freshman in that, that spring of 2019. And I think he's had a pretty solid career. He's been voted a, a team captain, but I am curious to see now that there's all this excitement and you know, all these defensive coaches are saying it was a seamless transition. I mean, just how ready is he? Because if they end up, you know, scoring an NFL caliber nickel out of this, I mean, that, that, that really, really changes, uh, you know, the, the ceiling of Michigan's defense. So he's a guy I'm really watching. Steve, what, what, uh, what from this back seven or, or secondary are you going to be watching the most closely on Saturday? Uh, we're talking back seven. Uh, then I'm definitely obviously looking at the linebackers. You know, Kalel Mullings now, full-time linebacker. I think George Hilo had some good things to say about him in the press conference this week. He's kind of a guy we've yeah, had. Yeah, he's starting to get that, like, rotation comfort buzz. Like, like right. the coaches are comfortable putting him in in a key situation. Which, which you know, we, we had so many questions about linebacker. Uh, and I think we still do. but the room feels a lot different already knowing that Mullings is going to be playing linebacker and that they shifted Micah Pollard inside as well. Uh, That room just feels a little deeper. I mean, it it is deeper now. There's two more guys that we know for sure will be playing inside linebacker, but that just, that room feels a little bit better, more comfortable with it this season, Uh, particularly with Pollard apparently standing out early on too, Uh, you know, because we've, I know you're high on Rolder. Uh, I like Spurlock as one of the sleepers in the class. I think he was one of the lower rated guys. So uh, could be a pretty solid position for them. But yeah, I'm looking at Mullings, uh, Michael Barrett back there again. Just just want to see how the linebackers perform. Uh, and then is Junior Colson, how does he look uh, like assignment wise, right? I mean, I, we know he's uh, very athletic for his size. We know Michigan has high, high hopes for the type of player he can be. And I mean, we voted him the most important player this off season. So I just almost by default, I'm really interested to see junior Colson just because he is that important in my opinion. Yeah. I mean, he, he definitely is. And, and, you know, I've, I've pointed out before the, the coverage, the room for improvement that the linebacker room has in coverage. And my guess is that, well, Jane Orvelli does his homework. My guess is that he will, try to test that and see, see what they can get. So it's going to be, it's going to be a game where the, the linebackers can, can come away showing what they've got. Doesn't mean that, you know, if, if, it, if it doesn't work out, doesn't mean that they've got nothing, but, but at the same time, you know, they can, they can silence the questions about depth or the questions about pass coverage uh, with a, with a strong performance on Saturday. All right. Now for the over unders on defense, Does the defensive line, so defensive tackles and edge position, do they exceed 4.5 tackles for loss and sacks? Boy, Um, I'm almost going to say I feel like 
Norvell with Norvell with his reputation, I feel like this is going to be a one, two, three pass, one, two, three pass, one, two, three pass all day. I think they're going to try to negate Michigan's pressure, uh, get the ball into the hands of their receivers and, and hope that they can break a tackle or two uh, to kind of keep moving the chains or, or maybe set something else up to go deep. So uh, I think to an extent that'll negate Michigan's ability to get pressure. I'm going to take the over just because I think they're going to pass so much. I mean, you're right. Like the tackles for loss might be down and, and this is an offense. that's probably going to try to get the ball out quickly, but four and a half with, if they might pass, you know, 45 times, can they get there 10% of the time? I'm going to take the over. All right. Next one. 1.5 passing plays of at least 30 yards given up by the defense. I think I'm going to take the over similar as before. I mean, if you just pass enough, like you're probably going to get one or two uh, or two, two or more, I suppose. And it does feel, I mean, if they're going to be playing freshmen, I would assume Michigan's going to try to play 80 plus players in this game if they can. Um, So 1.5 passing plays of at least 30 yards given up by Michigan's defense. Steve, do you think they, they keep it to one or zero? Uh, I'm going to say the over as well. Maybe just a little early season growing pains. I don't think it puts a dent in the outcome of the game or anything, but I think they'll hit a couple big plays maybe. Actually, you know what? No, I'm changing. Based on that, what we talked about with the quarterback situation, there are three career passes. That's tough pressure for whoever's starting to go in. Not many. To go in and, and... perform like that at the big house, especially again, we talk about Michigan's defensive backfield, pretty seasoned and very talented. So uh, I'm actually going to change. I'm going to go with the under. Okay. And then the last one, I don't know how this became a over. Oh, it'll be a yes. No. Uh, is the first true freshman to enter the game on defense? Will it be someone on that defensive front, whether it's a, a Mason Graham or Derek Moore or Kenneth Grant, or is it someone in the secondary? So I guess it's it's yes or no to the defensive tackle edge position. Boy, uh, say yes. I think I'm gonna say yes as well. I'm trying to I'm trying to run through my head like where which ones are the are the most likely. Um, yeah, probably is gonna be Mason Graham. I mean, Jim Jim Harbaugh said he's starting in their base, so. Kind of got to go with that. I mean, yeah, I guess the one thing is if like he ro- doesn't rotate in quite as soon as like a, a Will Johnson, but I, I think it's going to be someone on the defensive line and probably probably Mason Graham. All right, last one, the 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 tie breaking one is Michigan up by seventeen and a half points at halftime, over or under. So do they put this one away early, or is it more of a second half pull away type deal? Uh, I'm going to take the over. I think Michigan's experience, the, the the experience difference on both sides of the ball at the quarterback position, I think are what is going to make this a pretty easy one for Michigan on Saturday. So I'm I'm going to take the over. Me too. The, the quiet part about the dueling in-season quarterback battle making it so public is, you know, I don't think Cade's taking this game lightly. I don't know. If, I don't know if he would, anyways. But but you kind of get the idea. Like he's he's trying to prove something more than just let's get this win. Let's have a couple nice series, and then then I can take the rest of the 
rest of the game off. I mean, he's trying to send a statement, not just to fans or viewers, but also to his coaches and his teammates. So uh, I'm going to take the over. I do think they, they start to pull away. All right. Final thing for this episode, your score prediction and any additional thoughts you have on this game. I'm going to say 44 to 13. So Michigan covers barely. Uh, You know, these games the next few weeks are going to be tough. Like when we talk about thoughts on the game, I mean, it's like. Definitely. Yeah. Right. You know, it's like, it's just, it's just a matter of like, are we going to be able to see how crisp Michigan looks against an inferior opponent that they, that they should beat pretty easily. Right. I mean, sometimes there's the minutia in there where it's, you know, they might win, they might win easily, but are the coaches going to be satisfied with the performance? Of course, they're not going to public, like they're not usually publicly going to say that they're satisfied with the performance, particularly after the very first game of the season, there's always a lot to work on, but like Harbaugh also made the comment last week that this team's been ready. Like one of his most, uh, what he's happiest about is that he feels like the team's been ready to play a game for a week, which is, again, is not something you normally hear uh, head coach say during, during fall camp. So, you know, I'm kind of taking him at his word there and expecting to see a, a pretty crisp performance from Michigan on both sides of the ball. So, you know, do they do that? Do, are we able to see it? You know, again, talent wise, just skill athletic, like Michigan is the better team here. So they should win. They should win easily, but they look good doing it, I guess, is pretty much. And that it this might be the same thing the next two games for sure. Uh, yeah. Right. I mean, so, you know, just just seeing if Michigan looks like a top 10 uh, team, you know, in the early part of the season. Yeah, I have a similar score. I said 49 to 13. I think they score five more points. I don't know. Not that different. Uh, but yeah, I, I have a. I have a similar question, I guess, but for me, it's specifically toward the passing game. Like, is this a game where they really, because when I watch uh, Oklahoma back when it was Lincoln Riley, when I watch like Ohio State, when I watch Alabama, when they do these, these blowout games, I've noticed they, they like to just keep airing it out all the way into the fourth quarter, you know, put on a show for the fans and, and also get the freshman receivers involved give them some highlight plays and and also just build that chemistry so I'm I'm curious to see that might tell me it might not but it, I wonder if that will tell us a little bit about the the team this season is this this uh an offense you know they they say it's going to be more pass dependent it's still going to be run first based on what the players have said but that might be a, a secret message on what what the offense will be like this season is if are they are they running out the clock with the CJ Stokes and Tavier Dunlap opportunities? Or are they throwing Darius Clemens in there on, on a you know deep route and trying to get him a touchdown, trying to get Amarian Walker or Tyler Morris, you know, these these catches and these opportunities. So uh, that would be the only other thing I'm I'm curious about is is not so much how the freshmen look, but the the game plan. Because it is gonna be a play calling debut for both offensive coordinators, unless I'm misunderstanding how the dynamic was last season. So um, that's another part of it is like, do they, do they try to keep showing that this is going to be a pass happy team or do they keep it vanilla, keep it, you know, run focused and and just move on to the next game. 
uh, will be something interesting to watch. Anyway, for Steve Lorenz, I'm Zach Shaw. This has been the Wolverine 24-7 Podcast. Lots of preview content over at the michiganinsider.com, michigan.247sports.com. Be sure to check it out. And obviously, we'll have tons of content from our entire team on game day, leading up to the game, during the game, after the game, and of course, on Sunday as well. This has been the Wolverine 24-7 Podcast. We'll see you after the game. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.